It's so good to be with you. And uh, this morning, um, when I was praying and and thinking about this message again, um, I read Proverbs 11. It's the 11th today, so I I read the the proverb of the date. All right. So tomorrow I'm going to read what proverb? 12. Oh, you got it. And today um, the proverb is all about. The, the righteous versus the unrighteous. And he speaks constantly of the righteous will have this and the unrighteous will have that. So the whole proverb is about the righteous and the unrighteous and the benefits and the downfalls of the two. And as I was sitting there, I thought to myself, but what is righteousness? And I, and I thought about that, that a bit. And it so links in with the message that I want to share with you today is righteousness is what, de- what God declares is right. And when you become a Christian, you become that. You become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So in my thought was, now I'm reading this whole proverb about the righteous and the unrighteous. So how do I become righteous and, and be this? Well, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. Because it's through, so if I want to work on, on that, it is, I need to ensure that relationship is healthy. Because that will ensure that I will operate there. So, in that context, I want to bring this message today. Now, last week, um, Raymond did an excellent job. And I so appreciated his message. And it, he spoke on mobilized moving. And mobilized, he explained, was... When you are mobilized, you're not moving yet. You are basically ready to move. Okay. And he used this analogy of a plane. And he said when the, when the plane is, is mobilized, it's got fuel, it's ready to go. But it's not moving yet. All right. And then you need to do things so that you can move. And he highlighted three things. The, the three W's. All right. And he said... The, 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 the essence of the moving that will never change in how we as church will move is declaring the wonders of God. So how do we move forward? By declaring the wonders of God. Um, witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to have a lifestyle of worship. So that is in the context of moving. And the essence of how we will move and, and the things that will never change. It's, it's maybe just in a different level. In a dis- different sphere. It will be new. But today I want to speak to you about govern, manage, and execute. And it's, and it's linking into this whole concept of moving. Okay? But... What I've realized is in us moving forward, and, and maybe for you guys that, that is entrepreneurial, that is in, in business, this is one of the incredible things that you can use to actually practically mobilize your business. Okay? It's actually practical for mobilizing your household. It's actually practical for mobilizing church. And the one thing that we've seen and realized is that everything we do is not segregated in different bubbles. 
It is all just God's kingdom. All right. So these principles of govern, manage, and execute is how we organize ourselves, okay? Your household, your business, church, so that we can effectively move. Because we've been called to move. We, you haven't just been mobilized to just idle there. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like you, you pull out and you leave your car in the driveway and it idles there. Does nothing. Takes you nowhere. In other words, there's no benefit of that mobilization. You've prepared, you've done everything, but you are not mobilizing. And today I want to... Truly, this is so, so practical, okay, in, in helping you how you should organize yourself because ultimately the empowerment that we need is decision-making that will get us to a place where we will move as God says and empowers. Okay, so that's ultimately what we, we want. It boils down to this, this whole concept of righteousness, You are righteous because God declares you righteous. Righteousness is what God declares as right. So everything that I do, and if you go and read Proverbs 11, you'll see the benefit of the righteous. Because they are operating in the sphere where God says it's right. And I believe, and what the Bible teaches us clearly is that what is right in God's eyes will work because it's His design. Everything that God enables, everything that God declares, His will will change environments. Okay. So the, the first thing that I want to, to touch on and I want to highlight is we have a mission. The first thing that you need to believe is that you are part of that mission. We have a mission. And I'm going to share three scriptures with you just to put that foundation down. I'm going to teach on two things first before I speak on, on govern, manage, and execute. The first one is we have a mission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Two things that you need to see here. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So interesting. Before he gives us the great commission, he makes the statement, I have all authority. Keep that in mind because that's the second building block that you need to remember. We're teaching on authority in kingdom school also. Verse 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So in what you are doing in the Great Commission, the mission, it is through him and through the authority of him. Okay, I'm going to just give you a definition of authority just now. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's an empowerment that you will receive to be the witness. So, it is not temperamental, as as Pierre joked this morning. It's not because you're an extrovert that you're able to go out. 
It is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that you are unable to go out and be a witness. It is only through that. You can only be effective in moving, in doing the mission, if you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the point. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Philippians 1, 27 to 30 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I, I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. We have seen, you have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. So he is he's encouraging them in a very difficult time to stand fast. He's saying, guys, we are in a battle, but we are the victors. He's, he's taking them up. He's starting by saying, we are citizens of heaven on earth now. So in that mindset, that's how you need to operate as church. Stand fast, as I do, Paul says. All right. So that is the mission. Now, we have received authority and power for this mission. And I've already given you some scriptures on that. But let me just give you this definition of Christian authority. Christian authority is the God-given right to receive and use God's power that flows from the indwelling Holy Spirit. So it's linked to your relationship with God and the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the good news of the gospel. God with us. The Holy Spirit empowering us. So the authority that you have enables you to operate in that power. So it is the authority of Jesus Christ, the delegated authority that releases the power. And your uh, authority level is directly linked to your level of understanding of the will of God. Hear this. This is profound. So why is Romans 12 to in the Bible? So that we can get to that place that we understand and know the will of God. That's what the Romans 12 to is teaching. Why? So that we can step up in that authority and power. Because when you are in the center of the authority and power or the will of God, there, there the power will be. So when I renew my mind, when I grow, when I transform so that I understand the perfect will of God, then I will be able to prove, as it says, that will of God. Because that is where the authority of God will be released and His power. That's incredible. So, Christian authority is so important. So, we have been given authority and power for the mission. You cannot do the mission without that authority and power. And for you to, to operate in that authority and power, you need to understand the mission, which is what? The will of God. 
And how do you get there? Turn your back on the world, get transformed, renew your mind. So there's a whole blueprint in the Bible to explain to you how you get there. So there is some diligence in you operating in this. There's a place where you turn your back, do something, and you walk towards something. That's where the renewal comes in. So there's ways to exercise authority. Just want to quickly run over this. The first rule in exercising the authority of God has given us is to operate in His authority lovingly. That's the how-to. We are to exercise authority in humility. It directly goes against pridefulness. Okay, my agenda. It's God's agenda. We need to exercise this authority in the same kind of security that characterized, was characterized by Jesus. In other words, I'm secure in the authority, the identity I have in God, and that's why I can now securely operate in my authority. All right? I do not, I'm not apologetic regarding the mission that I'm on. That's what it means to be secured. God-ordained authority always emanates from service. There's, you are not alone. You've never been called to operate alone. And that's why you will always be in a place of leadership and serving. There's, there's always this dynamic. And I'll explain to you now. That's why this, this background is so important. And then lastly, the, the Christian is to exercise his or her authority in as mature a fashion as possible. That's why 2 Peter 1 is in the Bible. It speaks of the more you grow in increasing measure in this way, the more productive kingdom school is. The more productive you will be in the kingdom of God. And it actually contrasts it with use, use, uh, uh, uselessness. If, you, if you're useless, if you're unproductive. That's the contrast of it. So if you don't grow like that, you will be not productive. And God is calling us to be productive. So now let's go into what we, how we need to mobilize, how we need to organize ourselves. So the mobilized church is organized to move the mission through governance, management, and execution. And I tell you, you know, I had a, a great meeting with a young man this week. And he, he showed me his business plan and his idea for a business. And he, he spoke on his vision and his mission. And uh, after the, the meeting, he said, what did you say again about the vision and the mission? And I said to him, well, your, your vision is your goal. It's where you want to get to. And your mission is how you get there. Right? But I want to present to you a more biblical way. It's rather get your governance, management, and execution plans there. So what is my governance, what is my management, and what's my execution? And that will align with your vision and your mission. Okay, and I'm going to explain it now. Okay. So governance. What is governance? Right, let's get on the same page regarding governance. 
Now, the concept of governance is not new. It's found in the Bible as early as creation. And when God created the world and all that is in it, he entrusted its care and governance to Adam, humankind. And humankind, as God's representative, is mandated to exert dominion and rule over all of his creatures. Since human beings are created in the image and likeness of God, our oversight of his creation ought to reflect his image and his character. How, we, how are we then to express the nature of God in corporate governance is the question. God is the creator and owner of everything. As such, he is the sustainer and controller of all things. Our responsibility as his trustees is to acknowledge his ownership and control and to pursue God's plans in his ways. We have been given authority by God when, when God created it. He said, you need to rule. I've created it and I've placed you as the crown of my creation to rule over my creation. That is what governance means. It's to, to rule as God says. Now let's read the scripture in, in Genesis 1.26. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals and the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign. They will reign. But through sin, something went wrong. Dysfunctionality came into the world. But luckily, God had a plan. And Jesus Christ came and he restored what was lost in terms of our governance on earth. We see that in Romans 5, 16 and 17. It says, Nor is the gift of grace like that which came through one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment following the sin resulted from one trespass and brought condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift resulted from many trespasses and brought justification, the release from sin's penalty for those who believe. For if by the trespass of the one, which is Adam, death reigned through the one, Adam, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in eternal life through the one, Jesus Christ. So now you as a child of God has the ability to reign, govern in Christ Jesus again. That's what you have. Now, what is the role of governance then? Because that is how we need to think of it, all right? Because if you understand the role, you will understand your role because it is linked to people. It is linked to humans. So the role of governance is to ensure that we understand God's will and plan, number one, and to ensure that personally and corporately we do not deviate from it. So governance sets and aligns the mission. So let me explain it this way. So when you are a governor, 
in what, wherever sphere you are. You receive a mission from God, marching orders, His will. And what a governor does is that he ensures that we do not deviate from that goal. All right. A lot of people can be involved in a mission, but the governor that God called to represent that mission or the truth of God's will, he's the one that says, no, 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 come back, come back, come back. He's like, you know, when you, there's a term in the Bible called goading. When you have Cat, uh, when you have cattle or oxen that pull a wagon, they had a long stick. So when the cattle veered off path, they had a long stick that they just helped the cattle back, and they call that goading. So that is what governors do. They, they keep everything on track. This is God's will. Remember God's will. It always speaks to the higher authority. Right. And that is not only for church, because church is everywhere. It's in your business, in your area of influence. What is God's will in your area of influence? On your farm, in your business, where you work. What is God's will? Are you there? Right. Let's look at management. Now, management is another word for stewardship. Now, stewards or managers are responsible over something entrusted to them by someone else. As believers, each of us are managers of spiritual resources which God has entrusted to us. And that is everyone, not only some. All of you have received something from God that you need to steward. Another perspective on management is gaining performance through the efforts of others and is linked to discipleship and leading of others. You are not alone, and God has called you not to operate alone. So in your operation as a manager or a steward, you're not only managing the stuff and the gifts that you've received, you're also helping and managing other people. And it links to discipleship. How do you manage together? How do you create unity? It's through the discipleship process. Luke 14, 28 says, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? If you think of, of building a, a project, there's a building project, you need to build a house. It is not only the materials you think of and the money to buy the materials. You need to think of, of the plan. You need to have the picture of that building. You need to have a vision for that building and the team that will build it. If you cannot build together, I mean, we've got some builders here, Dirk. If your team doesn't work together, I mean, it's like the, the walls will be skewed. The one will go that direction, the other one will go that direction. They will not come together. You see what, how important it is for us to steward not only our gifting and the things that we've received. We need to also understand that these people, that is part of our team, that we need to manage. And you're not alone. You are not isolated. And if you are isolated, that's an unhealthy place. God has called us 
to operate in teams, in giftings. And you have been called in a specific sphere to be a manager, to be a discipler, so that we can get to the mission that God has called us for, highlighted by governance. And now you see how it, how it comes together. Governance into management. You cannot build something if there's no vision. And how can you build something if there's division? You need to work together. You need to bring the resources together. If there's someone that is immature and they don't have the skills, what do you need to do? You need to upskill them. That's what you need to do. Why do we do it in business, but we neglect it in church? Why do you think you, you're ready to do it, but you're not prepared yet? If you cannot operate in unity, if you do not have the skill, if you do not understand the vision, if you're not willing to submit under governance, that's how healthy church works. That's how healthy business works. So businessmen, if you don't have this in your business, you need to get it into your business. It will help you into a healthy business because you cannot do your business if it's not from God, if it's not God's will. You cannot do it properly if you do it on your own without including the church. And you cannot do it with people that is unwholesome or not um, hooked into the mission. That's why discipleship is so important. And sometimes it takes longer because we are diligent in how we build this team. Many times we sit in church environment and people say, this needs to happen. And then I'm looking to someone in the corner there. And God has highlighted that that person will lead this. So I'm just waiting for that guy to stand up, to be fully equipped. Just hang on. We'll get there. God is using that one. And sometimes that's what it takes. And sometimes it's you. Let God work in you so that you cannot be isolated but be included. When you, when you grow and when you equip, it's never to go and just do your thing out there. Never para church, always into church. You'll see, the more you grow in this revelation, the, the closer you will come to working with other people. Maturity in that equipping and understanding will always bring you closer to relationships. And it's difficult. You know, it's like we, we love each other, but we don't like each other. <laughs> and you need to grow on that. We need to be able to go through conflict. Too many times we don't want to get there because he has also not even We don't want to go through the conflict in church. We need to go through the conflict in church. Otherwise, we will never get to the place where we can be effective church. We need to get a clear vision on what is God's will. We need to understand the governance that God has put in place. We need to submit under it, and we need to mobilize in our teams in unity and be willing to grow. And this is so important. So the role of management is to steward what God has given us as resource and gifting and to actively do through the coordination and guidance of people. Management stewards and mobilizes the mission through discipleship in unity. 
now execution. And I think this is one thing that, that I've been speaking about quite a bit. Because execution is where the tacky hits the tar. It's where we not only speak about discipleship, but where I take that guy or girl and I put them under the water. <laughs> Baptizing them. Leading them to Christ. That's why we've been called. So execution is literally to follow out or through. Hence, to perform, to do, to effect, to carry into complete effect. To complete, to finish. It's so interesting. Execution is never just starting. Execution and proper execution is finishing. <laughs> Sometimes in business, we do not have endurance we execute or we start to execute or we speak about execution and we can have seminars and workshops about execution, but booger all happens. I don't want to be in a church like that. I don't want to be in a business like that. I don't want to run my business like that. We pride ourselves in our business, but we know how to execute. And you know what? People are flocking to us because they've got plans this high and they cannot do the plans. We, church, we're the executors. We'll be the ones that do the work. And it will take endurance. A good plan that is not properly executed has no value. I mean, you can have all the plans. You can have the most excellent business plan. But if you have no execution and if you have no endurance to see it through, nothing will happen. There's no value. There's no value. God speaks to you. He says, I want you to do this. He shows you the team that you need to do this with. And then you don't do it. Or you just start. Oh, no, Lord, this is too difficult. No, um... The first hurdle you hit, too difficult. And that's what we've seen in practical life. Businesses that not, that's not making it because they don't have grit. They can't stick it through. That's what's needed. That guy that swears at you, God has called him. And you've got him on your heart. He swears at you. He gets drunk. He's not a good father. No, Lord, this guy. He's, uh, give me another one, please. Stick it through. God has given him to you. So execute well. When is it the end? When is the end? That's the point. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. To do. Your doing doesn't create your value. Your doing is for your benefit to God's glory. God calls us. There's nothing more fulfilling to stick it out to the end and then stand there and see how God gets the glory, and you there. There's net the lacquer. 
And God says, when you do that, I will share my glory. That is one of the benefits of sticking it out with God. Because he gets the glory and you there to enjoy it. And there's nothing more fulfilling than that. We've been designed like that, actually. To give God the glory. Hebrews 10, 35 to 36. If you read the whole um, chapter in Hebrews 10, it's sometimes a very contentious piece of scripture. Um, But 35 says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. I'm not receiving. Why? Are you enduring? I'm not criticizing. I'm just putting it out there. I'm speaking to myself here. Bait fast, Rudy Stein. To the end. Because there's a promise. When you, then you will receive all that he has promised. There's another scripture in Jacob that says the same thing. And then you will be lacking in nothing when you endure. It's so important. I think one of the things that is coming against the younger generation is the ability to execute. I see it in in business as well. We need to endure right to the end. So the role of execution is, is to do a task to halfway mark. No, to completion. And to complete it according to the plan and the required standard. We're doing it according to the plan and God's standard. Execution is doing the mission to the full extent of the plan and the standard. When God gives you his will, there's always a standard linked to it. And a standard has a timing and exactly how it needs to be done. And that's how we need to do it. Execution is doing the mission to the full extent of the plan and the standard. So, my encouragement to you is plan your life accordingly. God made us to operate in his kingdom and his church and never in isolation. So, when I speak about governance, when I speak about management, when I speak about execution, it's never alone. It is unique to you, it is your part that you need to play, but it's always connected to others. It's connected to governance, it's connected to management, it's connected to execution. So the questions that you need to ask is, what is my governmental role? What is my managerial role? And then what is my execution role? So in, in your business, Jan op your plaas, you the governor of your form. You the governor of your form. God has given you a vision for that form. You the governor. And He's given you a wife and a family. You're the governor of your family. He's given you business. He's given you a team. He's given you people that you manage that is part of that. 
Lord, not to the left, not to the right. In your management of your family and of your work, how well are you working together? How well a steward are you with the gifts that God has given you? And then in execution. In my circumstance, for instance, there's different spheres that I work in. I've, I've got a sphere in business. I've got a, a sphere in education and in church, teaching and equipping. And when I look at it, I need to make sure I understand my roles within governance, management, and execution. Because when it comes to my governmental role in this church, it is 100% commitment. Because I'm an elder, I'm an overseer, I've got a very specific role in this church. When it comes to you in this church, in serving the mission of this church, you are serving a governmental, a bigger governmental vision that God has called us for as corporate church. And you are part of that management team and of different areas in that. And then there's an execution part that I have that I need to physically do. All right, I need to prepare my, my presentation. I need to be in the Word. I need to study the Word as a teacher in the congregation so that I can execute this morning. This is my job. Am I doing a good job so far? Okay. So it's so important. But in terms of my diary, I've got other execution roles as well. I need to help jog in the business and peer in the business. And there I've got different execution roles. There I have to work out memorandum of association and service level agreements and contracts and schedules. Different execution roles. But there is a managerial governance role. And I want to bring that out. So when you look at your life, you're a governor of your family. You're a manager of your family. You're an executor in your family. And you need to understand that because it will dictate your diary. When you're in kids' ministry, are you serving a governmental role? Are you, how do you see your, your role in, in managing resources and people? And how do you see your execution role? Because there's time that you need to look at. You've got a diary that you need to organize. And how can you organize your diary if you do not understand governance, management, and execution? I cannot, and I cannot execute my life without understanding that. And the beauty of that is if you can get clarity on that, you can also communicate it with your people around you. And then teams will understand each other better. In your business, you can say, that is your role in my business. That is what you need to manage, people and resources, and this is your execution. Now you can plan your your diary. Okay. It's so important. So I want to end off with this. The 3S model for church movement. Just because we can. All right. So in terms of govern, stay on track with God's plan. In terms of management, steward stuff and people well. And execute, stick 
it out to the end as per the plan and standard. So stay, steward, stick. You got it? Stay on track, steward, stuff and people well, stick it out to the end. 